0: We are learning Daf Day starting right from the top. a rabba. we started touched upon this yesterday. Could a ger be a judge? We said it's false yesterday. There's a new Joshua of Nekresh Shmo. Be Israel, the Gemara said that the, the, the court who is presiding over the chalitza has to be made up of members who are who are uh, naturally Jewish. So the Gemara gets into this a little bit. Ger donets chaveres by Torah. By Torah law, a is allowed to judge another ger. At our ISO level, there's no problem with a ger judging another ger. So let's say you have, let's say someone, you know, Geirim who have a dispute and they need a court. So Midar Aisa, so there's nothing wrong with Gairim presiding over such a court. Shemar, where's this whole din that uh, Gairim aren't supposed to be in charge? It comes from some tasim Alecha melech You should place for yourself a king Hashem, that Hashem will choose. From the midst of your brothers, tasim Alecha melech You should make a king over you. So from here, mi-kerev that expression implies that you shouldn't be using ger. Don't make a ger a king, because it's not it's your buddies He's like an outsider, so the outsider shouldn't be the king. However, we can imply this halacha, that the outsider shouldn't be the king, that the ger can't be the king. Halacha It's only when it's upon you. When it's upon you over a regular born Jew, there there's a din that it's only m'kere but if it's talking about for to judge a ger, if a ger is the one who needs the court, he needs a leader. So by Torah, there's no problem to have a ger judge his fellow ger. There's no problem with that. So basically, we're learning a few concepts. To have a leader, you need to have me care That we learn from the passage. It's not only a king, we apply it to other senses of leadership as well. However, that's only true when it's on for you. When it's to judge another ger, there a ger can judge another ger. Now, what happens if he himself is not a ger, if his mother was born a Jew. So here, his mother's not the gar, he's not the Ger, but his mother was born a Jew. So then, he could judge even another born Jew. So it, let's say his father was a non-Jew, but his mother was born Jewish. So even if his father was not born Jewish, as long as his mother was born Jewish, then we say that's enough that he's a full-fledged Jew, and, and like a natural Jew, that he could be a judge over regular Jews. So we're saying that you go... After even just the mother parent, as long as the mother was a natural born Jew, we could be a regular judge. However, but this halacha that we said by Chalitza gets more strict. Look Chalitza, this halacha by Chalitza, where it says be Yisrael, that it needs regular naturally born Jews, actually of Yisrael. He can't be a judge unless both his father and mother are born Jews, meaning we need the father to be a naturally born Jew. If the mother would be a Ger, then the judge, the, the, the judge cannot be a Chalitza cannot be eligible for Chalitza. For Chalitza, there's a new din, v'nigre sh'mo bi-Yisrael. So that actual word, be Yisrael, says that we require the father to be a naturally born Jew. So basically, we're saying three levels. For a ger, regular monetary, a ger can judge a ger, but a ger cannot judge a Yisrael. If you have a ger whose mother was born born Jewish, so then he can judge even a, um, he can judge even a regular Jew in monetary cases. For Chalitza, we require that the father as well was born as a Jew. Continues the Gemara. Now, we get into one of the famous concepts. You ever hear the expression, minhug halacha? You can have halacha, but sometimes people do differently and you want to know if, the, if there's any like, credence which is given or like validity to what people do. So there's a concept, minug mevatum halakha. And this is the main source in Ganshas Shas to the concept of minog mevatum halakha. I'll just share with you one example. Does everybody here bench alakos? You ever do that? You bench alakos? You should, but you don't, right? So that, that's in the Atsam is But already people don't do it. anything, in the Tshuva, where Moshe writes and describes about this, that what is the right thing to do? Now when you're benching, whatever, is it? Is it right? Sometimes what people do can become... A psak unto itself. And this is already the concept. It's very hard to understand how such a thing could be. But the source is really our next Gemara that we're gonna learn. So we learned in our Mishnah that there are two types of shoes. There's a minnow and a sandal. A minnow is soft leather, a sandal is hard leather. So it comes on and the Mishnah implied that which one is better, the sandal is the better shoe to use for chalitza, not the hard the hard leather, not the soft leather. We'll see the reasons. So I'm a and a come and he would tell us. That actually we got, it, we got it wrong. Even though now we don't use minal and l'chatchila, but really you should be using a minal, a soft leather l'chatchila for a chalitza. Show min-lo, we would listen to him. In other words, the point is that even if the rabbis now seem to have a decree not to use a minal for chalitza, but if Eliyoh and Abhi would come and tell, us or, and tell us that that's not the case, then we would switch. However, if he would say, e'en a sandal, if he would come and tell, tell us something, again, we don't know why he would say this, but if Eliyoh and Abhi would come and say, you're getting it wrong, and you shouldn't do chalitza with a sandal of hard leather in shomin low. We would not listen to Elioh and Navi. Wo'am because the people already are accustomed to using the sandal. Meaning the practice was that people use sand- sandalim and not minolim. Again, everything is good with the abid, we hold. But the practice of the people was to use sandalim and not minolim. So if Eliyahu and Navi would come and say, Lachatrila, use a minol, you'd be fine. But if he would say, Don't use what everybody is accustomed to using, you wouldn't listen to him. You would disregard Eliyahu and Navi because of the minolim. He said it a little bit different. He would come and say, don't do chalitah with the minol, we would listen to him. you would say, don't do it with the sandal, you wouldn't listen to him. Because people are already accustomed to doing it with the sandal. So Rav Yosef is saying it a little bit different. He's coming and saying, it sounds like in his view, now we use both minalim and sandalim, we could use both minalim and sandalim, but Lamaisa people are more accustomed to using sandalim. So if we would say, don't use a minalim, we would listen, because people don't usually use minalim today. But if he would say, don't use a sandal," which is what people usually use today, we wouldn't listen. So the Gemara says, Ma'vena, what's the practical difference between the two versions? It says, the Gemara, the difference is whether or not today we usually use, we, we, it's Le'Chadchila to use a minalim. Rabbah, who says, we would listen to Avi if you would, allow a minnow, he implies that before Eliyahu and came comes, we don't allow the minnow. So there, he, that's his opinion, l'chatkila don't allow a minnow. According to the second opinion, it's even to use a minnow. It just happens to be, people don't use it as much as a sandal. So they're arguing about today, before Eliyahu HaNavi comes, is it to use the shoe of soft leather? So let's not miss the bigger picture of the Gemara, let's just clarify what's going on. The bigger picture of the Gemara is that today everybody uses a shoe, and if Eliyahu Navi would show up and tell you the halacha is don't use a shoe, we would throw him out, disregard Eliyahu Navi. We don't care what he's got to offer because the people are accustomed to using sandal. That's the main takeaway of the Gemara, the most fascinating concept of minogamavatol halach. Okay, that's true. Now there's another question though about what is the halacha today? Is the halacha today? that it's lechatchila not supposed to be done with a soft leather shoe or is it lechatchila to use soft leather as well just that's not of what people are accustomed to doing that's a dispute between the two discrepancy between the two lashonos and the gemara there's a slight nuance here that they're arguing about is today is it ideal to use a soft leather shoe or is it not so now the gemara gets into that According to the thing that it says it's lachatgila even to use soft leather what did our mission say? The Mishnah said if somebody used a minol, if somebody did the chalitza with a soft leather shoe, it is valid. The evident it's mashma after the fact that chalitza is good. Lachatgila though, but not lachatgila. So, so what's going on? So the Gemara answers what? And if really the Mishnah is mater even lachatgila to use soft leather, why did it say La if Because I did the by the mishnah Sefa. Since the Tanah was going to say in the end of the Mishnah, the Khalitza was done with a sock, which is not made of leather, the sock of like linen or something like that. The Chalitza is no good at all because it's not a shoe. The filu there it's not good, even the So therefore, just for symmetry, Tanah Nabi diavid, the first part of the Mishnah was also taught with the terminology of validity after the fact, even though the soft leather is actually good, even ideally. Now the Gemara says the truth is minol chatila tanai. This issue of whether or not you can use soft leather is actually disputed in the Tanaim. The Tanya says in the Brisker Rebbe Yosef Pamachazeklen there's one time I went its to Tsipan, Matzahti Zakenach, and I found an old man, a Martylo, Klomat Vaki Rebbe Yudem and Maseira. Are you aware with Rebbe Yudem and Maseira? was a great Tana who lived in Tsipan. So I'm said yes, Mashulchanu Yutadir. He's frequently at my table. Klom Reizah Shacholas Bivama. So I asked him, Did you ever see him as the judge over a chalitza for Yivama? Amarli. He responded, Reizah Shacholas Harbi Pama. I saw him many times. The way he presided over chalitza. So, the minel of the I asked him the following question: When he did chalitza, did he use soft leather or did he use hard leather? Amalei said back to me: "B'chi cholzam minel, is there possible to use a minel?" Amar tilo, I said to him, and came my rabbi Meir. Why did Rabbi Meir say, "Let us put us a chair"? Rabbi Meir said that the minel is good. Rabbi Akiva Mishma cholzam minel chatzilah, that is even ideal. So we see that certain tanoim are matir b'di evik, certain tanoim are matir lechatzilah. Bottom line is. It's a dispute in the Tanam if you could use a shoe of soft leather. Everybody agrees a shoe of hard leather, the sandal is good, and that's the, what people practice. The question is, is the etzam alakha though that it's a khatilah to use soft leather only be the evidence? the Dumar wants to analyze. What's the reason behind this? Ma'al Dumar wants to analyze. What would the reason be that it shouldn't be ideal to use soft leather? Obviously, it is a shoe, it is leather, it is, it, it, and it is a shoe with the evidence. So, why would there be an objection initially to using such a shoe? Maybe you're going to tell me like this, just to understand a little about the middle. Because it's soft leather, there was like a double layer. So basically, there was two straps to the minnow. It would, um, there was, there was a, an upper section of leather, and then there was a strap that wrapped over the entire top part. So it kind of gives the appearance of two different shoes, one on top of the other, since it was soft and neither that. See the hard the sandal, you don't have that. It's just they would tighten it in the back, but it was just a hard shoe. The, the, the sandals got these du- a double layers. If you're going to tell me that since it has the two layers, so I have the panza me'al, and then the araxa, the strap, goes me'al to me'al, so what am I going to say? That the Torah wants a shoe that I remove it just from on the foot. The Torah says she should do chalitza from on top of his foot. She shouldn't remove something that's on top of something that is on top of his foot. Maybe you're gonna tell me there's an objection to removing something that has a double layer. She should remove something that's just directly on his foot. She shouldn't remove something that's on top of something else that's on top of his foot. If you're gonna tell me that's the shot, that even though it's a shoe, but it's not the right shoe because she's removing something that's not directly on his foot, Because then that should be no good even after the fact. Then it just shouldn't be the right shoe for chalitza. Clearly, if we hold that it, the it's okay. We don't darshin such a thing that you, as long as she would remove both layers, then if she did would take off the thing that's on top of his foot, who cares that she had to take off another layer as well? Clearly, what you're saying is wrong. There's a flaw in your argument. There's no problem with taking off the double layers of the soft leather. So now that that can't be the issue, so what is the reason that Lachapchila not to use such a shoe? The Gemara says, the Gemara can see that that's not the issue. And the Gemara says, you're right. Zera, rather, it's a decree. We're concerned that somebody might use a torn minnow. A torn minnow would not be good even if the. Let's say it's so torn that you can't wear it normally, it's not going to be a good shoe for chalitza. So if the soft leather part tore, it can't be used. But here's the key. Since you still have the strap, a very cheap person would still wear it. Now, really, it's not a shoe at this point, right? If the, soft, if the, leather, is so, if the leather is so torn that it, the, the whole, the whole thing is ripped, really, that's not a shoe. But Lamaisa, since it's got that top strap, really cheap people would still wear it and just rely on the strap. Now, really, that's not a shoe today, but people might still wear it. So we're concerned that if we say you can use the middle of soft leather, somebody might have the top layer part ripped, and he'll still use it because he's relying on the strap, and then he's doing so with something that's not a shoe. So therefore, we said, you know what? Just don't use the soft leather shoe at all. It's better to use the hard leather shoe, because the hard leather shoe, if it would break, nobody would wear it, there's nothing to cover you. So therefore, better to use the hard leather. Somebody might use only half a mindol. That's very concerned. A mindol that's so small, it only covers half of the Yobama's foot, which is no good. But sometimes people would wear it. A sandal, you don't wear it, because a sandal that covers half the foot wouldn't stay on. The, again, the, the minnow, but since it's softer leather, you can like, stretch it, push it more. It's more workable. Hard leather, there's nothing to work. If it only covers half the foot, nobody wears it. So therefore, better to use the sandal. It's not going to get you into any problems about its size. And if it's only covering half, nobody would wear it. So nobody's going to show up with, that, with, with a sandal like that. Whereas a minnow, soft leather, somebody might show up to court the to, to do it with such a half, a half minnow. And therefore, we decree better not to use a minnow at all. All right. Now the Gemara says. Now you might you might already get curious, right? Which one do we use today, right? What do we use today? So here we go. Amrav, the 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 Hamite If not that, I saw my uncle. Rab, Rab's uncle was Rabhiya. I saw my uncle the Khaled he did a with a sandal that has shintin. Shintin are sort of like um, they, have, they, have, they, they 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 it's more there's more of a of a strap in the back. So we're talking about a sandal. that's hard leather. There's no two layers on the top. But it, but but the sandal was wider; it was easy to remove it. So 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 all they would do is that they would have some sort of shinsen in the back where they would where they would where they would tie it. So if if not the fact that I saw him do it, I know I love chalitza with a sandal tie. I would only use a chalitza with the Arabian sandal. To me had it's even tight. That's even tighter. It was made to fit tighter. Here's the key. The sandal, there's two types of ways it can fit. You can either make it a little bit wide and then just tighten it in the back, like make it like a tie in the back. That's the one that has shims in. Or you can make a snug, tight-fitting one where it's harder to get on, but that's the way the Arabian model was. So what I'm saying is that if I didn't see my uncle using the first model, the looser-fitting one that you tie in the back, I would tie a better not to use such a one. Better to use one that fits really tight and snug around the foot. So that's a real removal of the shoe. Because again, the point is you want to remove the shoe from his foot. So the tighter that the shoe fits on the foot, the better. So I would have said it's better to use the Arabian one. But Lamaisa, I saw that my uncle also used a wide-fitting one that would just had the strap on the back. But I did on an hour sandal, the sandal that they used in the times of the Gemara, even has, it, all it has is a knot. So basically there was a knot at the opening of the shoe so it wouldn't slip out. So, Katrina Be' Misna, so even though it has some sort of knot, we still prefer to tie a strap to it, so that the chalitza will be even better. So, basically, the point that we're saying is we want to try to strap to the shoe so that she can first untie the strap and then remove the shoe. That's a preferred method of chalitza. And the idea is that even though there is a knot, it doesn't tie so securely, it's not so tight. So that's the key of the Gemara is that we bring additional strap to the shoe. And we're going to make it sure that it's very, very tight around the shoe. And only at that point she'll go and tie the strap and then remove the shoe. So this is where we get, this point here in the Gemara is where we get the Khalitsa shoe. If you've ever seen a Khalitsa today, you don't take a regular shoe. There's a special uh, hard leather shoe that's used. And what it's got is it's got, it's made to fit, but they have these straps, a strap that's tied to the knot in the back as well. And to satisfy this point of the Gemara, there's first an untying of a strap, and then the knot, and then the shoe comes off. And again, it's all the preferable method of having a real removal. That's the key. All right, so now we get into the Zokta Gemara, Amarav, Yudamara. How much of the shoe has to be removed? What is mater? What's enough of a removal that now she's mater to marry anybody? If she removes the greater part of the yovam's heel off of the sandal, right? So in other words, if she begins to take the shoe off, she removed only the back of the shoe. So if she removed it enough or most of the heel was out of the shoe, even if she didn't remove the whole heel, and certainly she didn't remove the rest of the foot, it's still okay. Obviously it's better for her to remove everything. But if she as long as she removed most of the heel came out of the shoe, that now is enough. It says the Grammat's Fay. Here True Matsuas Minogue Sandal says. If the straps in the middle of the sandal became untied, or if the yavam himself removed most of his foot, and then the yavam only finished taking off the shoe, Halitza is no good. Because here, she didn't untie the straps, or the yavam took, took off most of his shoe. So we can infer as follows. time of the Shabbat, it's only no good, because the man, he removed most of his foot, Hashem he, if she removed most of his foot, Halitza is chair, only then would it be good. So it sounds like she, if, she, if he removes most of the foot, no good. Oh, if she removed most of the foot, that would be good. So we can infer, Rova Regalin, Rova Agavlo. It sounds like removing most of, the, most of the foot, not about most of the heel. Meaning the Brisa spoke about the fact that he removed most of the foot. It's no good because she didn't do it. It sounds like what does she have to do to make the Chalit so good? Remove most of the foot. So it's against what we said. We said most of the heel. The Brisa says most of the foot. So the Gemara says, Lo, no, it's not a question. When the Mishnah, when the B'Shiv was talking about most of the foot, it actually meant most of the heel. my rova Why is it called most of the foot? It's most of the pressure of the leg is supported by the heel. And that already gets to the Yisraeli. Why is the heel the iqer? The of the heel, is because most of the support, that's where all the support goes. So what we're saying is that that's the iqer of the chalitza of the shoe is when most of the heel comes off. Says the Moab M'sahel of this idea that we said before in the B'Shiv, Supports Rabbi Yana. The bride said, if the straps came untied on their own, the chalitza is no good. In other words, what it sounds like is that the yavama has to be the one to untie the straps for herself. So that supports what Rabbi Yana. said. to Yannai, bein shi'adiru Whether the yavama untied the straps and then the yavama removed the shoe, or if the yavama untied the straps and then the yavama removed the shoe, chalitza's p'sulah is no good. Asher tatihi she has to untie the straps and remove the shoe. So again, we're saying that there is this dual dual part. Right, there's two things here. There's the point of the strap and there's the point of the shoe. It's got to be super tight, and both parts have to be done by the yavama. But how much of the actual foot has to come out? Only most of the heel. Now we get into super technical questions here. Bali Yannai, Mao, what if she tore the shoe off? So she tore the shoe off the foot. She didn't. She instead of pull, pulling off the shoe, she tore the shoe into pieces. So Mao, or she burned the shoe off of his foot is the whole requirement that the he, she expose his foot and the shoe is exposed. If she tore or burned the shoe, the chalitza should be okay. Old them perhaps chalitza There's a word here that is important. Chalitza means to remove. There was no act of removal. There was an act of something else, of ripping or burning, but not an act of removal. Says the Gemara, we do not resolve this question. Says the Gemara, let's say the oven was wearing two shoes. What is the law? What is the law if he's wearing two shoes? Hey, Chidami, what is the case? If the question is that she took off only the upper shoe. But the bottom shoe still remained on there. That drosha that we brought before in this case certainly will apply. She has to take off the shoe from the top of his foot. She, if she takes off the shoe that's on top of something else that's on top of his foot, clearly that's no good. So she only took off the top shoe. But the bottom shoe still remained on top of his foot. Clearly that's no good. That's not even a question. Says says, It was necessary to discuss the Karaz Deleila. She tore the upper shoe then she removed the bottom one, because the, the, the upper one still remained on the album's on the foot. So meaning she ripped the top shoe just enough that she was able to get the bottom shoe off. She got access to the bottom shoe, and she was able to remove the bottom shoe in a way, pretty interesting thing, where the top shoe still remained. So she got off the bottom shoe, but the top shoe still remained. So do we say she has to remove the shoe that's on top of his foot? By removing the bottom shoe that was on his foot, she removed the shoe that was on his foot. So that's good. (laughs) Or perhaps we require as well, in addition, that the foot become exposed. We don't have that because in our case, the top shoe will still be covering his foot now. So now that the top shoe is covering his foot, so it's no good. She'll have to remove both. So that's the question of the Gemara. Is it enough that she only removes the bottom one or does she have to remove the top one as well? So the Gemara cleans up a detail here on the top of the Mika base. Now why are you discussing crazy cases? Did you ever see somebody wearing two shoes? Why are you discussing such a strange case? Says so the Gemara. Yes. In the, the Rabban and The Rav Yudah. The Rav Muki the, 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 the Rav Yudah. Going out to the market and he was actually wearing five pairs of light shoes. So sometimes it does in fact happen, such a phenomenon. Okay. Now, as the like Gemara says, now let's just, before we even start the gemara, there are two ramifications to a chalitza. One ramification of chalitza is that the Yivama goes free, right? That's the point, she's also to marry anybody until she receives a chalitza. But there's also another ramification of chalitza. Chalitza says, once you do chalitza, you become also to do Yivam to any of the other brothers. Before you do chalitza, what's the law? You can ask for Yivam. Once, yib- once chalitza is done, the decision's been made, she can no longer marry not only the Choleth, but any of the brothers. That's a pasuk in the Torah, lo yivna, lo she shouldn't built. Kivan shalobana, one she chose not to build she now is forbidden in the future from marrying any of the brothers so what happens the Yivama grew up amongst the brothers, so they were all raised in the same home. You know, the cousins are, the, 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 the sister-in-law is being raised in the same home as her brothers-in-law. Now she cannot do chalitza until she gets older, she does not do yibam generally until she gets older. So they were little kids. She was growing up as the Avama, waiting until they got older to do anything. So she grew up, We say that it's mutter for her to do yibam when she grows up and marry one of the brothers-in-law. Now, why is that a chiddush? Why would you say not? Because in maybe we have to be concerned, and then we're saying that we're not. Maybe when they were together in the house at some point in their in their childhood, she removed one of her brothers in law's shoe. Right? Maybe they were she. She one time, you know, she had a brother in law. Kasha, my kids were playing, and as the children were playing, she removed the shoe of her brother in law. So, if she would do that. That would be a Khalitza. And if she did a Khalitza, then maybe that now makes her usher to marry any of her brothers. Maybe there's such an idea, right? Maybe that and we have to be concerned that that happened. So we're saying, no, we don't have to be concerned that maybe at some point when they were together in the house after the death, she removed the sandal. And, um, and, and, and that's why it's mutter for her to do yibu. Now, it sounds like, what's the idea? Why aren't we concerned? Because it's a remote possibility. How likely is it that she removes one of their shoes? Eh, unlikely. So since it's unlikely that she removed one of, her, one of their shoes, that's why she could grow up and marry one of them. So the Gemara says, lo chazina. The only reason she could still leave them is because it sounds like because we didn't see her do it. Ha chazina. Let's say, you know, we have witnesses that say, we saw when they were in the home together at some point she removed this shoe. Chashina. Then we they would obviously be concerned that that's a valid act of chalitza, and it would make her usher to the other brothers. And it sounds like it would make her usher to all the brothers, even though she didn't have das. That's the point that we're trying to get to. Even it would, if, if she did the action of taking off the shoe, it would offer her to, to marry the brothers, even though she didn't have intent for the ma'isah chalitza. the is that true that that would be a problem? But Tanya says if the oven had intent for chalitza and the Yavama did not, if the Yavama had intent and the Yavamah didn't, chalitza is no good. We need both of them to have das. Big Yisoy, we need both of them to have das. If there's no, if they're not having das, then it will not work. So what do we see from here? That without das, the Maisa Khalisa is no good. So what's this whole thing that when they grew up together, then uh, you're not concerned that it happened, even if you didn't know that it happened, but as long as clearly they were just messing around and playing something, but it wasn't, you know, with the intent and this and that to make a Maisa Chalisa, then it shouldn't be an issue. So why are we saying it's because we, we assume it didn't happen, even if it did happen, it shouldn't be a problem. So the Gemara responds, This is what we is saying. Actually, that is what he's saying. We amend what he's saying. Even though we did see that the Ivama removed the shoe from the foot of the, brother, of the other brothers in Choshe Shevakivna, we're not concerned that maybe they have intent for a chalitza. That's the point that we're saying. We're saying clearly they were just messing around in the house. There was no intent for an actual Khalitsa, Therefore, it is a meaningless action. And she is mutter in the future to marry any of the brothers because there's no das. Pashtus, what is this role of das without knowing much? What would you say this role of das is? You would say, I don't know, das like any other chalos. You need das to make a kadushin, a guest. If you do something without knowing what you're doing, it's not chal. However, we're going to see in the future. That is actually not the case. Actually, chalitza is very different. Chalitza is like a chalot de memela. When you take off the shoe, it just, the, the Torah says, by taking off the shoe, it happens. It's, it's not the it's not type of thing that you're making like a new transaction. It's not like that. But the role of the das is that Reb Chaim in, in Sefer is like very monarch about this whole point, um, is, that, is, that, is that it's different. It's just it has to be that you're doing an act of chalitza. That's all. It's, it's das that it is a type of ma'isa that's a ma'isa chalitza. It's not the das to make a certain transaction. It's not the das to be polo, a certain change in status. That's the change in status happens automatically. If you want to remove the shoe, she is mother. But the key is that chalitza isn't just removing the shoe, chalitza is a ma'isa chalitza. You need das for it to be a ma'isa chalitza, which is a very tricky point and we'll come back to this point a lot in the paragraph. So that's a wonderful question. Yeah, yeah, we spoke, we, right, right, right. It's a great question. You know, we spoke about yesterday, how you need three, right? You need three judges. So, the question is, what, what must it be that maybe the case was where there was. Um, all the brothers. Right, perhaps. Perhaps that's true. And maybe there's something else. And this is what we're going to see in a second. Maybe all of that is only enough for her to go free. But maybe to become puzzle on the brothers, maybe we would be mahmer even without that possible. Which is kind of what the Gemara is going to get to right now. The Ikadamir, other people say, hey, the Chazinah. No, it's only if we didn't see that she removed the shoe. a but if she did remove the shoe, Choshin, we would be concerned that they both intended for the Akah Chalitza, which makes her usher. We would be concerned that they actually had das. Even if you didn't know that they had das, you would be concerned. the <speaking in Hebrew> katana, This that the brisa says that you need kavana. It's mashma that in general you wouldn't assume they had kavana. La alma. That's only true if we want to know if she's mutter to marry someone else, right? The the, the ramification that she's mutter to move on. There, you better know that there was absolutely true that they both had intent. With regard to her brothers, with regard to whether or not the chalitza did was done, that now she can't marry the brothers. There we are concerned that they had das, even if we don't know for sure. So what the second lashon is arguing on is just how far is it to remove to assume that maybe they had das. Like is it a weird thing if you saw them taking off the shoe would you assume they had das if they were in the house or not? So klape marrying her off that we assume the chalitza was good that she can go off to the show There you better know that there was das, and otherwise you're not gonna. Assume, yeah, probably they had das. We're not going to assume that. You have to explicitly, you know, like say, you know, that we're doing the chalitza. But in regard to whether or not she can grow up and marry one of the brothers, lachumra to say that maybe they had das. Yeah, we would be, we would be concerned that maybe they had das, even though we didn't know that. There was nothing there was nothing indicating necessarily that das, we may have to be concerned for that for her to marry the brother. So basically there are two ramifications of a chalitza, that she can't do ibam anymore and that she's mutaris to move on. The khali Allah is the chalitza, is only a chalitza of Das happened. Do I, am I if if chalitza happened, then I don't know that there was das. Should I be should I assume that there was das? So I'm machmir, klape that she needs that she's mutter to go lashuk. I assume there wasn't Das and she needs another chalitza. But Klape, if she wants to do Ibam now, I am stringent and I assume maybe there was Das. And therefore, she cannot marry the brothers. That's what the Yika Amri is saying. The first Lashon was saying that if you didn't know there was das, and you assume that there was no das, then she can even do Yibam. The second Lashon is saying, no, we'd be strict. If you know there was a Chalitza, we might be khoshish that they had das as well, and therefore, she cannot marry another brother. Says the Gemara, again, what do we need? We need leather here. Amrav vi lamarab, sandra, our top of vision, if the sandra was even sewn with the linen. So even if most of it was made of leather, but if there was the, the lining here, the shoe, was, was made of linen... Then, then it's no good. The shoe has to be completely leather. Shemar tahash. What does the Pesach say? And now we're here we're going to get into all this. The I'll put the shoe on you made of tahash. Tachash is an animal. It's got multicolored high. They use it in the Mishkan. But the point is um, that we see anelcha and now comes from It comes from the animal hide, so so therefore, if the shoe isn't exclusively leather, it isn't exclusively from an animal hide, then it is not defined as a shoe. Says the Gemara. Once it says, how do you know any type of animal hide? Maybe it has to come specifically from the animal. So the Gemara says, now, now, riba. The Pasuk says, now, twice in the Pasuk. So it says it twice in the Pasuk. She takes off her shoe. Now, in the Pasuk, we include even other types of animals. Once you're making a to include even non-tachash, so maybe make a droshan to include even non-leather. What would the term tachash accomplish? Obviously, I have to accomplish something from tachash and accomplish something from the reboy of now. So I make a compromise and I say that it has to be animal animals, but it doesn't have to be only from the tachash. So it has to come from leather, from an animal, but it doesn't have to come specifically from that type of animal. And again, what's the yisoy? So we're going to see it coming up in the Gemara what is so special. It's not just xeris akasim that leather, leather, leather. There's more that's behind it in the significance of leather. Says the Gemara, Let's say the shoe itself is made of leather, Soso, but the straps shall say are made of hair. Is that good? It's made of let's say goat's hair. So amalei It wouldn't be considered um, that uh, put it on from tachash. Meaning, what's the point of the Gemara? The point is that. It, it, you need it to come from the animal, right? That's the point. I made the shoe from the Takash animal. It doesn't say leather, it says from the animal. So if you're using hair, goat's hair, to tie it or to make the strap, that should be good. Why? Because lamaisa came from the animal. So it doesn't have to be, it's not, it's not a din of, of, of all leather. It's the point that all the materials have to be from the animal. You can't use, let's say, linen Hurt the tire, this and that. But as long as here, the material comes from the goat's hair, so it comes from the animal, so that's okay. So the Mara says, so even if it was completely made out of the hair, the animal should be good. Why are you saying it's good only if the shoe is essentially leather? But the strap is goat's hair, even if it was all goat's hair, it should be good. So the mark says, that's called a carca, not a shoe. So So basically... The point we're saying is that it's got to be a shoe, but it also has to come, but, but it's it, not all, so that's why it has to be essentially leather, but Lamaisa, saw certain, certain parts of it, as long as it comes from an animal, could be, okay. Says the Gemara, challenging a basic premise here, how do you know that the word Chalitza means to remove, and the pasuk is saying, take off the shoe, how do you know that? You're going to tell me, It says, So what does V'chiltzu mean? You're going to say it means to remove. It removes the stones that have the taras. says the Gemara, Maybe it means actually to ready, like to strengthen. Go prepare men for yourselves for the war. So maybe what actually the Torah is saying is that Chalitza means she should put a shoe onto the Yavim's foot. Not take a shoe off. So talk about a basic question, basically the translation of the word chalitza, we see it means two things. Sometimes it means to remove it, sometimes it means to prepare. So maybe it means that she should put the shoe on and not take the shoe off. It says Lamar no, in that context, no, shlufim beis the When it's saying go um, hei with the soldiers, it doesn't mean prepare, it means remove them from their home to go to war. So it actually khalita always means to remove. Says the the Pasik says he will support, the poor person in his poverty. So clear clearly there the term of khalitur means to support. So to strengthen. So it says the Gemara, it means that in the reward for the suffering when he's poor, our khalitch who removes the poor person from the judgment of Gahanim. So means to remove. The meaning of the Pasik is that the poor person will be removed. Removed from what? Removed from Gahanim says the Gemara the angel of, of Hashem camps around those who fear him what does that mean over there it means that he supports them so we see chalitza means to support says it means in the reward of those who fear him Hashem will remove them from the judgment again. but again it means to remove says the Gemara Allah your bones he will be yachalitz what does that mean It means strengthened it's the best of all blessings. What's the ble- the best of blessings? The strengthening of one's bones. What is that? We always say this in Rosh uh, Chodesh, mentioning Chaim Sholchilat right? Satsamas, Chilat, and you see that, that it comes from this passage. It's this Masachah Yachilat Chalitza of the bones. So Chalira means not the removal of your bones, but the strengthening of your bones. Amar Rabbis use a garmi, strike bone. That's the best thing. So, so maybe it means the same thing, right? You give the 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 the. the, the Strength. That's what she should do. She should put the shoe on. So the Gemara responds that you're right. In. The Gemara concedes. Chalitza has this connotation and that connotation. Sometimes it means to remove. Sometimes it means to strengthen. But in our case, by chalitza of the shoe, if it would mean that it means to, to ready, the grammar should be different. It should say she should remove chalitza with the shoe on his foot. Meaning she should put the shoe on. The fact that it says from on his, from on his foot May al raglo, which is the language of the pasuk, that implies that what we're dealing with is taking off, not putting on. Says the Gemara, no, ikaz a baraglo. Maybe really means to put on. If the Torah would have said on his foot, avimino baraglo, in it on his foot, yes, bishok Shokolo, But if it's on his leg, then no. Remember, we discussed. Let's say I have an amputee, where he doesn't have a foot but he has like, uh, below his knee, some sort of amputation. So then I would say it's no good. So if it would say, put it on his foot. Because we're going to me from on his foot, shoko, even on his leg, which generally goes upon and process from foot. So maybe it really means to put on, but the Pasuk said to indicate that you could even put on the, the, the thigh, the leg, the bottom part of the leg, even if it's not his leg. So how, again, how do we know that chalitza is an act of, of removal? Says It could have said, "On that, that is on his foot." My me al Still, "from" is a forced word if it means to put on. So if it says to put on and it says "from," then that's off. Shmami not Clearly, we see chalitza means to remove. All right. Now the Gemara just gives a little Chali, a little a little agada agada here. Everyone's been It was once a heretic who said to "Amad the The Jews are a nation. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu has done Chalitza to us, meaning Hashem removed... Our bind. We have like a Zika with our Kalish Baruch, a special connection, and God did chalitza with us. So, with their sheep and their cattle, they would go to see Hashem. The Passock here in OSHEA says, but God, they won't find Hashem. You know why? Hashem has been chalatz from the Jewish people. So, what does it mean? It means that God has done chalitza from us. So, Hashem did chalitza with us when the Jews were exiled. We were like the widow, the husband that died. They were waiting for Yibum. And now, what did Hashem do? Hashem waited, and then. He took off our shoe. Right? Hashem did chalitza. So therefore he removed our connection. Chalatz mehem. So I'm believer. said, Shaiti, you fool. Does it say God did the chalitza to them? It seems that that would mean that Hashem did the chalitza. Hashem severed the connection. So is that true? Chalatz mehem. It means that he received the chalitza from them. Meaning the Jews are attempting to do a chalitza to God. That's what it means. Imagine you had a woman, the brothers receive Khalitza, meaning she attempted to sever the bond through taking off her shoe. Would there be any substance? Obviously not, right? The Yavama can't remove her shoe. She had to remove the shoe. So so too here, the Jews can try to remove the bind, but But it's not true, right? It may be that we attempt to do the chalitza, but if it didn't go from God and God didn't do it, then it's nothing. So we're saying it's like a better muscle. It's like a woman. she thinks she could take off her shoe and go free. So just, that's what we try to do. We try to sever our connection with God, but God, the connection's still there. That's the point. All right. Now we get into a very good shmaka here, all about leather shoes on Yom Kippur. So I'll, I'll start off, that, that before we even see this, I think if you learn this gemara properly, you're going to come out that basically there are many things that we wear on Yom Kippur that we shouldn't be wearing. All right? I'm uh, starting that point off. I think if you learn the basic gemara, you're going to be shocked about what the right shoes to wear for Yom Kippur. Let's see what's going on here. It says that we said The <laughs> chalitza was done with a sock, it is no good, right? We said soft leather, hard leather, good. The sock is no good. <laughs> Clearly we're saying the sock is not a shoe and <laughs> the the vard is because it's not made of leather. It says in another mission as well When the person is taking off the money for the, from, from the treasury, right? From the base make those we go in and take out money sometimes to go buy carbonos. so when the guy goes into the treasury in the base of mikdash, to go take out money, he can't go in with any pockets, right? No hems or pockets, or with a sock. Why is that? Because we don't want people to accuse him of taking some money and hiding it. So therefore, he can't wear any garment that can conceal a coin. So he can't go in with a sock or, or hem garment. Certainly, he can't go in with a shoe. You can't even go in with a shoe anywhere in the azar. So the sock, we're only just, we're saying it's no good because somebody might be suspicious that he stole the money. The shoe is no good because Tom, you can't wear a shoe in the temple. So what do I see? I see that a sock is not considered a shoe. So over there as well, I see a sock is not a shoe. practical Minu about on Yom Kippur it says, A person can't go around with a minu, a sandal, or a sock. Lo a Baisavais not from house to house, only even from one bed to another bed, one bed to another bed. So we see that the sock on Yom Kippur is a shoe. On Yom Kippur, you can't wear shoes. So we see that the sandal is a shoe. That the sandal minu and the sock is a shoe. Says the Gemara Amar Ba'ed, Yom Kippur is different. This We're talking about that with these little rags, these soft rags inside of them, made of cotton, soft cotton. And we and it's also because you're going to have pleasure, meaning it's going to feel good. It's like a nice, comfortable slipper, and it uh, feels good when you wear it. So it's also on Yom Kippur because it feels good. So on the rest, of the, so on the rest of the year, like what we're talking about by Khalitza or the base amikdash issue is, is it issue? So the sock is not a shoe. The sock, it feels good when you wear it, but it's not, it's, not, it's not a shoe, so therefore it's fine. But on Yom Kippur, if you're wearing something which is comfortable, so if it's comfortable, then it's Asr because of the pleasure that you get. So Amalei Rava, Rava said, what are you saying? You're basically saying that it's Asr on Yom Kippur to wear something that gives you pleasure, even though it's not a shoe. But Rava says that's not true. And the Gemara proves that that's not true, that the Esr isn't to wear something that feels good on your feet. The Esr is only true if you're wearing a shoe. How do we, how do we prove that? Because a rabbi 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 would wrap a kerchief. He would take like a kerchief. Usually a kerchief goes around your head, right? So he took a kerchief, he'd wrap it around his foot and go out on Yom Kippur. Now clearly the kerchief would provide comfort. It's going to be more comfortable wearing the kerchief around his foot than than, than walking barefoot. But he would still do it on Yom Kippur because as long as it's not a shoe-like thing, and it's okay. So if we see that it's not only about the comfort. We see that it's only the comfort that's provided through a shoe. So now the kasha comes back. According to Rava, the kasha is on Yom Kippur. We say that you can't go out with the sock. Clearly, it sounds like the sock is a shoe. But here we're saying that the sock is not a shoe. So according to Rava, the question comes back. Elam Amar, Rava? rather Rava says low kasha. It's not difficult. Kanban R. The bride saw that Asr is the sock. Yom Kippur is talking about a sock that is made of leather. It's a leather sock shall, shall ed, our Mishnah and the Mishnah about the is talking about a sock made of a fabric and, it, and and therefore that is not that is not an issue. So the Kshaila is how do we understand? What is the difference? What is the magic here of understanding in terms of a sock being a shoe? That it depends if it's made of leather or made of a fabric. What's the, what is, what, what is the aside? So if you take a look at Rashi, it's a very important Rashi. Rashi, the Mishnah and Rashi here. Elamar Rabalokasha Rashi says. That the insight of why other fabrics are no good is the law of meginhu. They are not as protective. For law and that is not considered therefore to be a noun. Meaning it's not a magic. Leather, even though we had before in the Gemara, right, that we came from the idea that it comes from the tachash, it's not just like a scriptural decree. The idea is, is that leather is a protective quality, which simply is missing from the other fabrics. So, as the Rambam writes, Rambam writes when well, you're allowed to wear in Yom Kippur. He says you're allowed to wear things, that go around your feet, that still a person is margish shuhu yachif. There's a feeling, there's still somewhat of a feeling of barefootedness. Meaning even though it's obviously going to be more comfortable with a kerchief or something like that and working around mom's barefoot, but you still are margish yachef, the feeling of barefootedness. Really the pain, the you know that we're looking for on Yom Kippur is the pain of being barefoot. But you're allowed to wear things that don't remove that pain. So if you're wearing things that, that are still not meagin, you know, it would still hurt as you're walking outside, that's where it's permitted. There's still some sort of pain, that's fine. But if you're wearing things that are so protective, that's awesome. Chazal saw that in the simplicity of saying leather versus other fabrics. That, that's more or less the way, the way it comes out in the halach. Says the Maharal, it's also reasonable to say if you don't say it's Gashem and you bring it's difficult to bring your yom kippur itself. The Tanya says in the price, the Adam can use himself. Pace, you can't walk around in an undershoe So these were thin shoes made of leather that went under the regular shoe. It protected you. It says you can't walk around with these leather undershoes And the Talmud put them so you could walk around in the sock. So this price permits socks on yom kippur. So the price before Asar, and this price is Matar. Convent building shall Okay, so we're gonna stop here from for today. We're gonna to get into this more tomorrow about the different types of shoes, leather shoes, non leather shoes.